as we look at, at life and as we look at, um, and specifically, um, me just coming off from COVID, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on healing right now because that's what I've been focusing on for the last three weeks, right? Um, but I'm, I'm going to speak on that tonight. And I'm going to be talking about the different aspects of what it takes to walk in health, not just walk in miracles or walk in healing, but really to walk in health. Really what, the, the, what I, what I um, received from the Lord is something called the anatomy of a miracle. Like what is, it, what is a miracle? What, what does it take for a, for a miracle to, to, be, to be manifest? Well, it starts off with a problem. Every miracle starts off with a problem, right? You have a health crisis. You have a relational crisis. You have a provisional crisis. You have some kind of a crisis or a problem in your life, and that's what precipitates the need for a miracle, right? I mean, that's pretty basic stuff. I'm not, not um, getting too deep right now. And if we're a believer in Jesus Christ, and if we are a follower and we're a believer in Scripture, what our next step when we encounter a problem, our very next step or our very next action should be, what does God have to say about my problem? What does God have to say about my crisis? What scripture covers the, the, the crisis that I have in my life right now? And there, you can know a lot of scriptures and you can have a lot of scripture memorized, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna just share something real quick with you, and that is this. Specific scriptures that apply to your specific need are the ones that you need right now. So if you're, if you're having a health crisis, focusing on and memorizing all scriptures about God's provision for money isn't really what you need. You know, it, you need provisions and promises as it relates to health. So specific promises in God's word are the ones that we are going to really um, focus on. But anytime you have a promise, anytime there's a promise, the, a logical or wise person would say, who is the person behind the promise, right? Anybody ever get an email from the Nigerian prince who said he has $12 billion and all he needs is 10 grand from you and he, he'll share it with you? Anybody ever get that? I got that one a few times, okay? I didn't really get too excited about getting a share of $12 billion because I know the person's lying, you know? So just because someone makes you a promise doesn't mean that you can rely on it. You gotta go back to who is the person making the promise, right? I know we're talking about basic stuff here. Romans chapter four, Abraham said he considered after God told him that he was gonna be the father of many nations, Abraham, it says he considered not his own body dead, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb, but he considered him who promised to be faithful. So he considered him who promised not just the promise, but he considered who's backing up the promise, okay? So what, what, would, what, would, uh, what would the reaction be if, if, I said, if I sat here with a, a $1 bill in my hand and I said, okay, 
who wants $100? And you're looking at this going, that's a one, you idiot. Okay, sorry. Who wants $100? Who wants $100? Oh, there's one. There's $100. You didn't see that, so you didn't, nobody got up and ran up here. Ricky was the only one that was quick enough to run up here and grab that $100 bill because all you saw was the one. See, you didn't consider who had promised that maybe he's got something else in his pocket, right? Maybe the promise that he said, whoever gets up here gets 100 bucks. Ricky's the only one that took advantage of it. Why? Because he knows who I am. And he, and he said, he probably has one. So he came up here. Now, when you get a promise from God, the place to start is who's making the promise? That's reasonable. So who is the one making the promise? And then when you have who's making the promise, what kind of relationship do you have with the person making the promise? Now, I'm Ricky's mentor, so he knows me pretty well. We spend a lot of time together. So he has a relationship and he has a level of trust that's there, okay? So he has not only the, the problem and the promise and the person, but he has a relationship. And then beyond the relationship is walking in the presence of God because in the presence of God is where you build that relationship deeper. And we're gonna unpack this. I'm just going over the, I'm gonna tell you, I'm telling you what I'm gonna tell you, then I'm gonna tell you, then I'm gonna tell you what I told you. That's how you preach, by the way. But, and then once you're in God's presence, what happens is that God puts it on your heart and you'll be inspired to take action because faith without works is dead. But it's, it doesn't start off with action. It starts off with you have your problem, you have your promise, you, you, you focus on where is God in this and what's my relationship with God and then finally in his presence. And after all those, all those processes, then he says, now I want you to do this and put action to your faith. So let's talk about this. What is the problem? The problem is either a diagnosis, it's symptoms, it's financial lack, it's broken relationships. It, it's any one of those things. That's the problem, and that's the, they're everywhere. We've all got them. We've all got, all got challenges in our lives. We all, probably every person listening to this needs some form of miracle in their life in one of these areas because we are living in a broken world. I mean, that's just the way it is. So the, the crazy thing is that just because you have a problem does not mean that you'll get the answer because the world's full of problems. That doesn't... For instance, there is um, electrical outlets all over the place, up here on the stage, around the side. But you know, those electrical outlets don't do you any good until you plug in a proper receptacle into the plug, and then you can actually get, and then it has to be hooked up to the breaker box, and then it has to be hooked up to the street, which has to be hooked up to the transformer, which has to be hooked up to the line, which has to be hooked up to the power generation plant miles away. All that has to work right before that light will come on that you plug in. So just because the plug is there doesn't mean you get what you need. All these other things have to be true too. So you have a problem. What do we do first? Let's just talk about healing for now, okay? Because it's here. So you have a problem. You got a diagnosis. You got, you've been told 
this, you've been told that, you've been told you have COVID, you've been told you have cancer, you've been told you have whatever it is. Um, those things are real and it's, and it's no fun and it's awful. But then the first thing we've got to do is got to say, okay, what does God have to say about my situation? What does God have to say? First, first one that comes to mind is Exodus 15, 26. He says, I am the Lord that heals you. See, that's one of the seven compound names of God, Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord, your healer. I am the Lord, your physician. I love my doctor. He's a good guy, but he is, Jesus is my physician. I have a, I have a medical practitioner and he would tell you the same thing. I am a medical practitioner. Jesus is your physician because he is the Lord, our healer, the Lord, our physician. And I, you know, nothing against doctors. Obviously I'm thankful. Um, but Jesus is the only one that can really heal. And he has provided for healing. Psalm 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all of our iniquities and heals all our diseases, redeems our life from destruction, crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy, satisfies your mouth with good things, and as a guy who's pushing 60, renews your youth like the eagle. I like that one but for me personally. Psalm 107.20 says he sent his word and healed you. He sent his word and healed them and he rescued them from the grave. Proverbs 4. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. What, is, what do we got to keep in the midst of our heart? His words. For they are life to those that find them, Proverbs 4. Life to those that find them and health, health, medicine, one translation says, to all their flesh. And keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. So you've got, you've got the problem and now you have a couple promises here. Now it comes to who made this promise? Who's the one that's made this promise that says, hey, keep my words, for, for my words are life to those that find them and health to all your flesh. What, what, what do we do? Does this person have the, the first thing is, does this person have the ability to perform that promise? Yes, God Almighty and Jesus and the Holy Spirit have the ability to perform he watches over his word to perform it, it says in Isaiah. So did, did they have the ability? Yes. Does the person have credibility? Yes. Great is thy faithfulness. From age to age, he is faithful. He will never leave us nor forsake us. So do, can we trust God's word? You gotta start with, can you trust the promises of God? Well, my aunt, Ethel, she died, and we prayed for her, and she died. I got news for you. Just because somebody that you prayed for died does not mean that God failed. Okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you. I've prayed for a I've, I've been in ministry now for 30 years. Uh, it was this last July. I celebrated 30 years on, on pastoral staff here. Five years before that, I was ministering. 
not on staff here, but I was, I've been ministering for 35 years. And I have seen people get out of wheelchairs. I have seen people that were supposed to be dead by the morning raised up. I have seen people that were, were had degenerative, uh, macular degenerative diseases healed, deaf healed. I've seen people walk that shouldn't walk. I have seen my own self have a whole brand new colon. God gave me a whole brand new colon. I've been healed of heart disease. I've been healed of COVID. I've been healed of everything under the sun, okay? God is faithful. And I've also watched our baby um, not make it through, and we lost a baby. Uh, my father died of cancer. My brother died of hepatitis C. I've seen good friends pass away. So I've seen a lot of crazy great stuff, and I've seen some really hurtful, very disappointing things that caused a lot of tears in my life. But you know what the bottom line is? The bottom line is don't forget in the dark what God showed you in the light. When my dad died, Pastor Dwayne came over to my house. He said, because my dad had been brain dead and uh, he literally was brain dead and they said he was not gonna live through the night. And I sat in there and I spoke over him and I prayed over him and I literally sat there for 48 hours and my dad was raised and he lived three and a half more years. He drove a car. He, he, we spent time together for three and a half years he lived. Three and a half years later, he says to me, I'm done. I'm like, what the heck, dad? What do you mean you're done? You know, he had cancer and he just decided he was 77 and he was done. So he went to heaven 60 days later. But it was his decision. He just said, I'm done. I'm tired. I got cancer. I'm tired. I want to go to heaven. So we had to release him. And so he went to heaven. And I was very angry because I thought, hey, I saved him last time. I can save him again. But what I didn't realize is that my father had his own free will and he had made his decision that he wanted to go to heaven. And you can't stop somebody when they say they want to go to heaven. And so Pastor Dwayne, I remember sitting in my living room saying to me, don't forget in the dark what God showed you in the light. He said, just hold on to what God showed you. Hold on to the promise. God's faithful. There's things we don't understand. And in Deuteronomy 30, it says, the secret things belong to the Lord. And there's things there's things and there's going to be things that happen in our lives that are hurtful, that we don't understand them. And we can say, what the heck, God? You know, and what is going on? And there's things like that. And they happen. They've happened to me. But you know what you got to do? You got to stop and say, I know the person and the person is Jesus and he's never going to fail me. And he's never going to leave me. And no matter what happens, I'm not, going to, I'm not going to forget in the dark days that I'm in right now what God showed me in his word in the light. Because that's where life is. There's life in the light. It's not in the dark. So when you're in the dark places, walk back to the promises. Walk back to the presence of God. Walk back to the person of Jesus. And realize that he loves you. You can trust him, and he's, he's faithful, and he's trustworthy, that Jesus is trustworthy. The next thing it takes to really stand on a promise from someone is do you really believe that this person has your best interest in mind? Do you believe that God 
has your best interest in mind? And do you trust him? Do you believe that God is good? You know, the first thing, the first temptation that the devil ever leveled at Adam and Eve was he said, God is not good. He's holding out on you. That was the very first accusation that the devil ever, ever leveled at, um, at, at Adam and Eve was he accused God of being unjust. He accused God of, of withholding from them. And that's not, and he doesn't have any new tricks. He still does that to us today. He accuses God of being unfair. He accuses God of holding out. Somehow God didn't give you the same set of, of, of gifts and talents he gave everybody else. You got the short end of the stick. My dad always used to say when they were handing out noses, I thought they said roses. So I said, give me a big red one. That was a joke. But, but he always joked around like that. But the, the, the crazy thing is you, you've got to realize that God has your best interest in mind, that you can trust him. When you look at God's word, you don't look at first experience 2.12. Okay, because first experience 2.12 is a bad place to live. You, we've got to look at what God's word says. And what does God's word say about about you, about your situation. All of his promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. You can bank on them. You can take it to the bank. Do you believe that God loves you? That's the core of, that's the, that's the, we're getting all the way back to that. Do you really believe that God loves you? Because faith works by love. Faith works by love. And if you do not believe that God loves you, you're going to have a hard time believing that he, that he has made provision for you in your, in your time of need. So the reality is focus on how much God loves you. Tonight, I love the worship songs because we talked about Jesus. Jesus loves us. God the Father loves you. He loves you so much that he gave his only son to die so he could have relationship with you. That's how much God loves us. And anybody who has, has a child, anybody who has, that's in, inconceivable. I would totally die myself before I would give my son to die for you. I might die for you, but I would not give my son for you. It's just reality, okay? Um, it's just, it's inconceivable that a father would give his son for an ungrateful people who didn't even ask. It's inconceivable, but that's the love of God and the lo how much God loves you. So I would say we're gonna start in reverse on this. So if you're in a situation where you have a, where you have a problem and you, you, you need an answer, you need a breakthrough, the very first thing I want you to do, your assignment coming out of tonight. I know we kind of went this way. I'm going to go backwards now, okay? Your assignment for this week before next week is to meditate on scripture that has to do with how much God loves you. And I want you to get up in the morning, look in the mirror when your unshaven face and your messy hair and say, God loves me. 
I'm one of God's favorites. God thinks I'm awesome. You just start saying things like that. And you, you know what's going to happen? At first you're going to go, I feel dumb. Well, too bad. Do it anyway. Just say, man, God loves me. He loves me so much. He gave his only son for me, for this hunk of dirt. Jesus died for this hunk of dirt. That's amazing to me. And just start thinking and meditating and look for examples, look for pictures, look for signs around of God's love for you. And when you look for them, you know what you'll find? You'll find them. Because it's everywhere. We just don't see it on a regular basis because we don't recognize it. We get so busy with all the distractions, we don't recognize how much little things, how many little things God does for us every day just to show that he loves us, just to demonstrate his love for us. This is evidence that God loves us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He loves us. He loves you. It's not just he loves every boy, he loves the world, he loves us. No, you need to look in the mirror and say, God loves me. He loves you. Not just the whole world, not just all the lost people in, in, in all over the world. He loves you right where you are, right in the middle of all your stuff, right in the middle of sometimes not even living right. He still loves you and he's proud of you and he's glad to call you his child. And when you start with that premise that God loves me, then you can back into, okay, God loves me. God, show me your ways. God, let me walk in your ways. And then you go relationship. And then you go into his promise and who he is as a person. And then when you look at the problem, it comes from a position of my dad's got this. Anybody hear me? My dad's got this. He's gonna take care of me. No matter what, my dad's got me. Why? Because I've focused and I've built my understanding of how much God loves me and now I can not approach this from a formula standpoint where I know I presented it kind of like a formula, but that's, I did that on purpose to, to show that that's, that is there. You have, the, you have the problem, you have the promise, you have the person, you have the relationship, you have his presence, then you take action. But it starts with the love of God. And if you back into it through the love of God, all the rest of it, it takes all the complications out of it. Because if you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that God is working on your behalf and that all things are gonna work out for your good, you don't have to stress out if things don't go well. Right? Romans 8, 28, that's in the Bible. All things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And if it starts there that God loves me and he is working, even these awful, maybe awful things that are going on in my life right now, that he's gonna even work these out for my good. And if you'll take that as your first step, instead of going, God, what's going on? You'll instead say, okay, God, how are you going to work this out for my good? 
just making that slight change in your reaction from God, what's going on to, well, Lord, how are we going to work this out for my good? Because this is pretty stinky right now. But you know what? If you'll take that approach and you'll be committed to that approach, that God is going to work it out. Now, he's not the source of the problem. Don't confuse the outcome with the source. God is not the source of your problem. He is not doing this to you. God is not giving you cancer. God is not the one causing trouble in your life. That is not the thing. God is not doing this to you. It's not even God's will that you walk in this stuff. He wants to walk you through it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for you are with me. You're on their staff. They comfort me. Psalm 23. You walk through it. It's not his will that you camp there. You walk through it and he walks with you through it. And you walk through it out the other side and it turns out for your good. I've been doing this for 35 years and I can truly say a lot of stinky stuff has happened in my life. Not fun. But you know what? When it's all said and done, we're still standing. We're still loving Jesus. We're still serving him and we're still walking forward in his kingdom. And that's all that really matters. You know, that's literally all that matters. And it starts with God loves you. It's just, I know it's so basic. You say, well, tell me something I don't know. Jesus loves me. I learned it when I was two. It's time to start singing it again. You forgot that he loves you. And you've allowed other things to get in the middle of your own life. And you doubt whether he even thinks about you. And the reality is he loves you. And he thinks about you all the time. He's got your picture on his phone. If he has a phone, your picture's on it. That's just the way he, he's crazy about you. You know, there's been times in my life where I haven't always, you know, done everything perfect. I mean, I'm human. I'm, I'm an idiot sometimes. And uh, hopefully you don't see it, but if you do, I'm sorry. Um, and in the middle of some of those times, God has, you know, I've been crying out to him and say, why am I such an idiot? You know, and he'd say, don't call, don't call my son an idiot. And I'm like, Oh, sorry. <laughs> and, and he says, I'm proud of you. And I'm like, how could you be proud of me? Because you're my son. Yeah, but I'm an idiot. Stop calling yourself an idiot. See, that's the kind of relationship you can have with God. Not because not you're perfect, but because you're honest. And you, you understand that God loves you and that he wants to talk to you. He wants you to spend time in his word, not so that you can get a gold star, so that you can know him. Because if you know his word, you know him. Because Jesus is the word made flesh. So we, we get into the word, not so that we can somehow check off a box, but we get into the word to know God and to get to know Jesus and to get his word in us and his word is life and his word is health and his word is strength and that's why we do it. But it's all based on God loves us and he just wants to walk with you in the middle of whatever crisis it is that you're in right now. He wants to walk with you and I guess I, I just would like to say these three simple things just to kind of cap it off. Number one, God's not the source of your problem. 
it's not God's will that you live and stay in this problem and he will make a way for you to get out of your problem. If you seek him, he will. He'll make a way for you to get through it and come out the other end. He really will. Um, I've, I was, I've, I've been young and now I'm old. You know, like scripture says, I'm not really old. But Psalm 37 says, I've been young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. And that's the truth, that God is faithful. You can trust him. And in the middle of the, 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 the crisis, the, the problem, and finding the promises, start with, man, God loves me. And then go to the promises and, and realize that he loves you. And that when you understand how much God loves you, and you see the promise that says, for my words are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. When you see the scripture that says, I am the Lord that heals you, and you see it from the backdrop of your loving heavenly father, it means more than getting an email from a prince from Nigeria, right? Because you have a relationship with your heavenly father, and when he gives you a promise, it means something. He, it, it actually means something to you because you have a relationship with him. See, God is not interested in formulas. He's interested in your heart. And there's junk going on, but he wants your heart in the middle of it. And no matter what, I mean, I had fever and I was sick for you know about eight days in bed and all that. But in the middle of all that, you know what I found? I found every time I just focused on the Lord, his presence was there with me and I was, I was okay. And I was, did I feel good? No, I didn't feel good at all. But there was bright spots. And then on Thursday morning on the 1st of October, my fever broke, everything changed and I was good just like that. But it, you know, it took some time. But my point is, even in the middle of going through that, I just felt his presence and he was with me. And as I walked through that valley, he walked with me. And when he come out the other side, we're fine. See, so when you're in the middle of the valley, don't shake your fist at God. Reach up to him and have him come walk with you. And, and let him walk with you because when he walks with you, he'll walk you through the other side. And it's because of how much he loves you and, and his promises are true, but he just loves you. He's crazy about you. But what you've got to, and I know it sounds silly, but you need to look at yourself in the mirror and say, God loves me. And use scripture, but it's like, man, God's crazy about me. I'm God's favorite. Not to put anybody else down. It's just, I always tell my, my granddaughters, and I have two granddaughters and a grandson, I always say, you're my favorite, and I tell every one of them you're my favorite, because they're all my favorite, right? And that's the same with God. You're all his favorite. So you can truthfully say, God, I thank you that I'm your favorite, because that's the kind of relationship he wants to have with you, that, man, you're awesome. I, I just, you know, this is God talking to you now. Nate, you're awesome. God's so proud of you. You're a faithful man. That's just the, a tiny picture of the love of God. He loves each and every one of you so much. 
And when you put yourself down, he goes, what are you doing? Talking about my kid like that. Never forget it. My son, Jared, who is like a rock star, he, um, you know, he's better than a rock star. But one day I did something dumb and I said, oh, I'm such a knucklehead. What am I doing? He looked at me and he goes, don't you call my dad a knucklehead? Because I always did that to him when he was a kid. He'd do something bad. He'd start talking bad about himself. He said, don't you call my son that? So he pulled it on me the other day. And I was like, oh, I deserve that. Thank you. See, when they're old, they'll, they'll bless you back. But my point is God loves you. That's it. I can tell you that all day. And I'm just going gonna, gonna to be done. So let's pray. Father, we love you. But Father, it's our absolute joy to know that you love us. You love us so much. You don't look at our performance. You don't look at our failures, our missteps or our stumbles. You don't look at any of that. You look at us and you see us through the blood of Christ, you see us, and you see us whole, you see us righteous, you see us powerful, you see us healed, you see us whole, and you see us completely restored. And Father, I thank you that as we, as we remember, as we leave this place, that Holy Spirit, that you would uh, in, remind each of us and that we would see the little things in our lives, the, the pictures, the snapshots of all the things and the demonstrations of how much you love us. That you're not judging us, you're not holding your fist against us, you have an open hands toward us and you say, come, come. And I thank you, Father, that as we as we come to you, you'll in no wise cast us out, but you'll receive us. Curious tonight if anybody would be so bold as to say, I, I, need, I need to receive the love of God. If that's you, you say, you know, I just, I just need, I need to make Jesus Lord of my life and I need God's love to overwhelm me because I'm in the middle of a, a stinky situation and I need God's love to overwhelm me. If that's you, would you be so bold as to stand up right where you are and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray with you right where you are. You say, I need God's love. It's one of two things. Either you wanna make Jesus Lord of your life, that's number one, or if that's also you, say, I just, I'm in a crisis and I need God's love to overwhelm me and I need God's love to, to cover me now. Just be bold and stand up right where you are. You say, I need that, the love of God to overwhelm me right now. Thank you, Father. Now, Father, I thank you for these that are standing. I thank you, Father, that you are our loving shepherd, that you are our ever-present help in time of need, that you're our loving Father. 
And Father, we ask that a spirit of revelation, knowledge of how much you love each of us would flow over these. That, Father, you would reveal yourself and that your love would overwhelm and captivate and flood away all the other distractions because a wave of your love is crashing upon their heart even now. And they're seeing how much you love them. Father, do what only you can do. Revelation knowledge of your love and pour out your love upon us. And we thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Amen. Amen.